You know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stork Show. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Andy Stortz Show. I am your host, Andy Stortz, and this is a show where we can come together to starve our fears, to follow our dreams, and to pursue fulfilling our true potential. Uh, If you've been listening for a while, you know that I am on an absolute mission to fulfill my true potential, to set a great example for others, to share great knowledge and help others. And I've got a guy with me today who is on a great mission as well. And that is my good friend, Ben Kaloy. Ben is a U.S. Marine veteran turned blogger, life coach, speaker, and now podcaster who seeks to bring military veteran dads home to their families. He resides in Janesville, Wisconsin with his wife and three kids. Ben went through what most transitioning veterans go through of redefining identity and rediscovering your passion and purpose for life. A seminar changed it all for him and realigned him to his passion for leadership Since then, he has been on a mission to master leadership principles and use his passion for leadership to help dads understand who they are, develop the skills to overcome adversity, and own their life and choices, truly come home to their life and to their families if they have one. Uh, Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I have listened from afar for a, since the very beginning, and it uh, almost doesn't seem surreal. I should be pinching myself that I'm actually here. Oh, so cool to have you on here. Uh, you and I have been friends now for probably about two years, I think, since we, we got to know each other uh, through the Dad Edge Alliance a community that our friend Larry Hagner runs. And uh, of course, I've got to know you pretty well. It's been awesome to see all the things that you've done over time and, and how you put all the work you did into launching your podcast this year, um, the Military Veteran Dads uh, podcast and everything that's going to come from that. And uh, I've heard you speak about this stuff. I heard you on Larry Hagner's podcast and I was just so excited to hear how passionate you are about this mission and this purpose now. And I wanted to have you on to talk about that and how you got to this point and just to share some of your wisdom and passion with everybody else listening. So um, really cool to have you on. Thank you. I was just reflecting as you were doing that intro, the very first time we met each other, which was in Prague. And the fact that we both were in Prague at the same time was coincidental. But I remember the fear inside. Like, there's this guy that I've looked up to on the internet, and I'm going to meet him in Prague. And I'm away from home. God knows what's going to happen if it, if it doesn't turn out. He's not the guy I know. And just starving the fear and going in that door and restaurant and having dinner with you and then hanging out the rest of the week there is like just starving the fear, is like you say in the podcast. But that little moment helped propel me to here. Uh, it has been a long road uh, from being our friendship and also even to get to where I am, where I am the host of the Military Veteran Dad podcast. I spent two years running through ideas. I never had a lack of ideas. It was always confidence in that it was the right idea. A lot of people would always tell me, I just need to do it. I just need to do it. And it never felt right in my gut. So a lot of the ideas, I just kind of picked an idea. I picked just kind of a generic life coaching business and just started writing. I started blogging. I started connecting, networking, just helping people, my personal growth, other people's personal growth, surrounding with my community. And really for almost two years, I spent just working on my skills. So 
a lot of times I feel like we always get hung up on working on the business and that's the advice that you hear. You got to have the right business idea. For me, I had a stable job, so I had the support there. I really just focused on the skills that I would need in the future version of myself when that day came. And I published an ebook on Amazon last year just for the sake of learning how to publish one. It wasn't for the sake of being a best author. It was just understanding the processes of all these things that take to run a business, even though I didn't know the what. And the catalyst was one of the, the networks that I had connected with was a veteran community called the Ambitious Vet. And he also introduced me to a conference that was in Orlando last year called the Military Influencer Conference. And it was a little bit hard to jump into that fear and go to that, but I did it. And that was actually the biggest game changer that brought me here today to be the host of the podcast. Because what I didn't realize is that being online, which is where everybody tells you that you can start and you can make online businesses, you can make a million dollars. But what for me, the biggest struggle was that there was this online version and the real version. And there was this gap between those two. And the one didn't believe the other. And there was... It, I was still myself. I was just different versions of myself. And I felt like two days when I was at the conference leading up to it, I, I felt like this out-of-body experience, that this online version that people had come to know was going to be the physical person that I w really was. And were they going to be the same? Were people going to judge me? But then I just started going through, keep going through, keep talking. And what I realized when I started talking outward and connecting with real people in the niche where I wanted to be and telling my story I remember uh, a mill spouse, I was telling my story about bringing dads home. And this was even before I had my uh, mission statement to bring every dad home, but just being a dad and what it was like for as a veteran, I almost made her start crying because her husband hasn't come home yet. And those emotions were the ones that allowed me to stand up and step into that future finally and get that final gut feeling. So for me, I always give this advice to entrepreneurs when they're starting out that you can have a lot of ideas. You can think you have the idea. But until you've been to a conference or any type of community where it's supercharged in that niche, where a bunch of people live and die by what you're talking about, you're not going to have that calibrational energy that you need to start running towards that future. And that, from that moment, it was at the end of September. I took three months to launch my podcast. I bought, been following John Lee Dumas forever and bought his podcast journal, which is launching a, a podcast within 50 days. Followed those steps, January 1st launched, and now I'm here on episode, I think we're on 18 now. But it wasn't because, until I stepped out of my online version, got into the real life of understanding who I was and who I wanted to go, that I have a podcast today. Man, that is a, that's an awesome story and journey. And I know that you are just beginning. I've always admired how you've put in the work. You had patience. Um, you tried some things when you're willing, you know, you're ready to try some things. You had some patience to wait for the right things and we talked about this many times um there's a few things i wanted to follow up on one uh, just going back to that first meeting in prague as you mentioned we you know we developed a friendship online if you will over facebook and zoom calls and being on the phone things like that with me being in florida and you being in wisconsin and we got lucky enough to be in prague at the same time and i think it's funny that you you talk about you never told me about being nervous <laughs> to come meet me the first time and uh it just reminded me of a quote that I think I heard from our mutual friend, Vincent Pugliese, who's a mentor of mine, who heard it from someone else, I think, that was, uh, don't, don't meet your heroes, because you're almost always going to be disappointed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but I don't think we were disappointed with meeting each other, which is, which is really good. Um, the other thing that I wanted to follow up on there was, um, you talk about taking a chance and going to some of these conferences. That You went to the military conference in Orlando. I know you have also... Uh, attended this trade show conference in Las Vegas and, and become 
a speaker at that conference and you know that I am a big fan of conferences. I go to a lot of conferences. I'm organizing my own conference later this year. Uh, I love them and I, and I have gotten to the point where it's very easy for me to invest in going to a conference. But I think for most people, uh, unless it's a work conference or something that your job is sending you to, people have a hard time spending money, their own money, to go to a conference and they don't really know what they're going to get out of it. And you've made that shift because you have taken some of these chances. Can you talk a little bit about why you've done that and the benefits that come from investing in some of these things, even when you don't necessarily have the support of your employer? So this one, we got to go back almost four years to when, uh, I, I don't remember the exact, oh, a good friend pointed me on to it, the Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. I had just bought a car, just signed up for a car payment, just got rid of my car that I owned for cash. We had just bought uh, a couch. We had just bought a Dyson vacuum. Uh, we had just put tires on the credit card. Like it was the low point where it didn't feel like I was at the low point. But once I read that book, I was like, like, oh man, these are horrible decisions. Four years later, through getting out of debt, killing $100,000 of debt, and just did it last summer with the sale of our house, we were able to position some of the equity when we sold the house to, to kill all of our debt. That was really the pivot that allowed me to then invest in myself. Like before that, I would have always put my money towards my debt because that's the burden that's weighing me down versus. So freeing myself from that debt allowed me to move forward and faster and do things with my money that I wasn't able to do before. Even just uh, a side story, uh, my wife spent spring break with four of her teachers or six of her teachers, just herself. And we were able to afford that and do that because we didn't have any debt. Like so many more opportunities in all air categories of your life, not just work and business are afforded when you don't have that debt to decide, do I pay the credit card or do I have fun? And there was, I went to this trade show that you mentioned for trade shows called exhibitor live two years ago. And I'm walking around and when you're a trade show guy, you can feel the loneliest job in the world because you maybe meet three people in your entire career that love, breathe and eat trade shows. And you're at this trade show, you're with 5,000 people that are the coordinators for trade shows and live and breathe and eat them for breakfast. They just get excited about trade shows. So it's a rare opportunity. And I remember walking down the Vegas strip uh, and just contemplating thoughts of the universe. And I realized the quote that's often repeated that you're the average of the five closest people in your life. And I've always had that meth methodology in my head of trying to make sure I have the right average. Adding you in there was a strategic step to that. And there at the Vegas show, I realized there's a secondary step that comes at trade shows that you don't get anywhere else, that you're also the average of the five closest energies. And when you surround yourself with a higher energy state of people, you then start, if you even want to use the word vibration, you start acting in a different way because you are absorbing their energy, their excitement, and just their thirst and excitement for what you do. And you can't get that anywhere else other than a concentrated niche show for your industry, especially if it's a lonely industry where there's just not a lot of connecting with other people that do it. You think of talent development, talent development, maybe you have a team of three or four if you're at the average company. So you really don't have a lot of people to lean on. Average of the five closest energies is really what I've realized in shows is that you just can't get that anywhere else and get that high to realize and just start. It also, even more importantly, just seeing what other people are doing ahead of you. Like you can think you've figured out your entire plan and then you see someone that's doing and living your life and you're like, that's who I want to be. Now I'm going to pivot and start shifting. You can only get that at conferences. 
So true. That's why I love going to conferences to see what other people are doing to, uh, I make friends. I meet people that I look up to that I admire, you know, like you mentioned earlier, uh, I go to podcast conferences and see like John Lee Dumas, you mentioned who created the podcast journal. He is a hugely successful podcast called entrepreneur on fire. I've met him three times now at podcast conferences. And now we're just like friends. Hey, what's up? When I used to look up to him, I remember being very nervous the first time I met him. You see people over and over again, you start to become friends. You mentioned the importance of seeing what other people are doing ahead of you. The, the challenge or the tendency, I think, for a lot of people is to be trying to do something and see someone ahead of them and get intimidated and say, oh, that person's so much better than me. I wish I could be like them and you know, almost get down on themselves when we both know the right way is to, to you want to be around them and be inspired by them. Um, but we've both probably had to make that shift. So how did you make that shift in mindset from, oh, let me, you know, I'm down on myself because I'm not as good as that guy to, I absolutely can be as good as that person. Let me learn from them and be inspired by them. I would say the one ingredient for me, and two years ago, I wouldn't talk to strangers at all. Every person, girl or boy, was the girl from high school that was going to say no if you had <laughs> I can relate like, to that. that. Was me. I, yeah. And if I had like, if the, if the, the, if the door was already open, I could have a long conversation, but that initial one, I was yeah. just always like that rejection was just fearful. Right. For me, I started with dads at the park. I started talking, always thought that they didn't, they want, they didn't want to talk. They just wanted to play with the kids. Turns out they want to talk just as much as I do. Mm. Took those small little incubations at the park with dads, took them to airplanes, just getting comfortable talking to strangers is the answer to your question. Because if you see those people, if you go to a podcast conference and you see John Lee Dumas and you see the house he lives in in Puerto Rico and, and you keep those thoughts inside, they're just going to get louder and louder and louder. It's an echo chamber. But when you learn to talk to strangers, you learn to have a conversation about that thought. You learn to have a conversation about your observation. And when you have the human connection with other people, you might find someone at that conference that is one stone throw away from John Lee Dumas connector or someone that works for him or someone that is in his close circle that allows you to get that much closer to their reality. And it's no longer something that you fearful that you can't do it. Or, well, you've often, you talk about it a lot, the imposter syndrome or just seeing someone ahead of you and just internalizing and saying that can't be me. Or if people see your gym post every day, they're like, damn, why is he always telling me that I suck every day? Right. Your posts aren't tell telling me that I suck because I have conversations about how I go to the gym also. Right. That allows me to start seeing how I'm getting closer to your life. Because, and what you also realize by talking about whatever your area is at a conference, you realize you're also three steps ahead. Mm. And the methodology, I often repeat this either in business and generally in life, Life is, or even networking is a lot like a barrel of monkeys games. You have one hand up and one hand down. So you have one hand that's trying to reach towards John Lee Dumas, but you also are going to find someone that's below you, mm -hmm. that one piece of advice that you learned last week, and you're going to have your hand down helping him pick up and he's going to remember you. And then you start building a network of connections that you almost don't have control over anymore. When you start having those human connections with people like one of the things I've been amazed with on my podcast is every person I interview, I send a thank you card to a handwritten thank you card. And what you realize when you start touching people on a, a deeper level than just flirting at a conference or a conversation or a Skype message, yeah. you realize they start marketing for you. Like I'm surprised even at PodFest in, in San Diego there, I was getting messages from people of other people talking about me and I wasn't even there. Yeah, that was big. I was, I, I met. And it, it was I'm, also, it wasn't you. I had other people there even. It was right. crazy. 
Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because you build a brand and people know you for your brand and your mission and what you're what you're about and you help them. They want to help you, right? And so I, I know what you're doing. And anytime I meet any military veterans who are dads, I want to connect you because you're and that's the that's the beauty of picking a niche too. It, we're always afraid of choosing niches in business, but the more you niche down, the more you become known for something. If you just put your you put it out there and say, I'm a life coach. Nobody knows who the hell to introduce you to. Who, who are you helping? When you say, I interview, work with military veteran dads, then when I meet military veterans who are also fathers, it, it's like a light bulb in my head right away. I need to introduce you to Ben Colloy. It's easy because of the niche, because of the brand, because you put out there. And I love what you said about you know, the barrel of monkeys because there are always people ahead of you. There are always going to be people behind you, no matter where you are in life, no matter what you're doing. I mean, podcasting, great example. John Lee Dewan has been doing it for six, seven years, whatever. I've been doing it for a little over two years. You started your podcast about five months ago. There's someone else listening to this podcast right now who's been thinking about starting a podcast but hasn't started one yet. And so they're behind you and, you know, we can all help each other. Um, you mentioned the gym thing and the stuff you've been doing and reconciling online business, offline business. I wanted to touch on that too, because one of my goals is to be completely authentic for people to meet me in person and say, oh, you're just like the person that I hear on the podcast or I see online. Uh, I'm not putting on any kind of show, whether it's the gym stuff or anything else. And I know you to be a truly authentic person as well. Um, I just think it's, it's so important to reconcile that, that online, that offline version of ourselves. Is that something that you think about a lot in, in everything that you do? It is. And I've, I've rec actually made a slight shift uh, in my focus in the last few months that I've realized that I, get, I operate in a higher energy state with people, but to go to conferences, get on airplanes, it takes time away from my family. And that's something I'm trying to, to, to not trade off as I start my podcast. So I'm starting to try to build more relationships locally and figure out how to connect into that. And then also there was something I, I probably didn't do it intentionally, but it's, it's helped in this particular category is last fall. I joined Toastmasters as I knew about it for like nine months, shitted myself for not doing it for a long time, took the plunge, did it. And what I realized a couple different things is in the future, I want to be a public speaker and twice a month for an hour, I get touched that future and step into it and be encouraged and connect with people also on that journey and grow together. And that moment also helps calibrate your authenticity because you get feedback that's real as human. It's not internet. It's not internet comments. It's not from people that you've never really had a good solid human connection from. It's real people right there. It's emotion that you can feel. So a lot of sometimes just if you, if you worry about being authentic, it's not a matter of you just try, but then also I think it's a matter of practice that, you show up in different areas locally where people can feel you and then you just start building the same persona. Like for me, it wasn't a matter that I was a different person. I just never tried locally. I just spent all my time online. And then once I started shifting locally, it's just a matter of just being yourself. And then now I no longer have these out-of-body experiences because the same person shows up if I'm talking to someone about Toastmasters here or whether I'm talking to, in a conversation about podcasts, they're going to get the same version of Ben Coy. Love it. All right. Speaking of podcasts, let's talk about your mission. You started this podcast, the Military Veteran Dads podcast in, I think, January, right? The very beginning of the year, January 2019. Um, so uh, take me through the story and what is your mission now with this podcast? So at that conference that I left last September, 
John Elridge is the name. Is that the right, up my influence? Is that the right name? Oh, you mean um, Josh? Uh, Josh Elledge. Yes. Uh, he, he was like the last person I met at that conference and he really kind of just breathed life into me with the, with the business plan and the ideas and that plane ride home. I spent writing down in my journal, the entire business plan. I was mind mapping the idea. I was drawing these lines of all these different connections. And on that plane ride, I came up with, uh, bring every dad home. And it was kind of like leave no man left behind, but it was a slightly different shift in not to fully militarize it, but then also just to internalize it as a dad. And those three words, bring every dad home, then became like the three core words of what I was trying to do. That so many dads end up killing themselves, that 22 veterans kill themselves every day. And in that 22, there's dads that never get to call their dad, there, there's kids that never get to call their dad again, never get to talk to their dad. And the more I connected with this idea of bringing every dad home, the more emotionally I got connected to it. Any good story about this, I just start crying and bawl my eyes out. That, and the hardest part actually is, so it sounds crazy when you hear the words military veteran dads, like, oh, that's probably his first idea. It took me a month to come up with that idea. I had every other name in the book written down. I was just overthinking it. The first idea was boot camp dad, but I, I didn't really want people to associate the podcast with the idea of boot camp. And it just went through a whole bunch. None of them felt right again. I was like, damn, I'm never going to have a podcast name is what I was thinking about. And I think I was listening to a podcast. Don't remember what it was in the way to work, but this is why it's so important just to keep moving and taking information because it's going to happen when you least expect it. And something on the podcast said uh, most valuable player. And I was like, and I was always worried about having an acronym for my podcast. And then it kind of transifted. I was like, oh, most valuable dad. And then I was like, oh, and then there's military veteran dad. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was it. Because there was not one word that describes a veteran and mil active duty military. So there wasn't a good way to, to connect them. And I was like, oh, just skip the method and just put them together. And poof, I had military veteran dad. Like that was a big moment. That was like at the end of October, started interviewing just started going towards it and then launched on January 1st. The one thing I've learned so far is that as veterans, we are trained to lock down our emotions, to keep our emotions on lockdown, that feeling something on the battlefield will get you killed. But in real life, that's going to keep you mediocre. That's going to keep you depressed. That's emotions are meant to be felt and understood, not suppressed. And so that teaching in real life doesn't work. In your family, your kids need to be able to have you process emotions. And the worst part is we don't talk about it. So I'd mentioned earlier about this echo chamber in your head. And for a veteran, it couldn't be more true that we get these thoughts, these certain types of patterns of any types of tra train of thought. And we just keep repeating them because we're not talking about them to anybody. And they just become so loud in our head that it's the only voice we can hear. And no one else, no other voice is out there that we can hear anymore. And this voice eventually comes to one conclusion that your family is better without you. And it can be further from the truth. I remember listening to a podcast on the dad's edge where he was 36 and his dad killed him when he was 10 or killed himself when he was 10. He's like, I'm 36 and I'm still dealing with it. Like you just never recover from something like that. So my mission is just to get dads to wake up to the world that we have. And 
just recently I've been working through an idea on the podcast. A few of my guests helped uh, this idea come through that a lot of veterans struggle with legacy and even regular uh, civilians struggle with legacy or this thought, or we never really spend much time on it, but we get stuck trying to figure out what our service meant. What legacy will it be? Why did our friends die? And it all is just, it is, it happened. It's all facts, but we spend so much time trying to figure it out. And we try to figure out what that legacy is. In reality, I think this is a big shift in where the podcast will be going as far as uh, what community and th content we create is shifting that your legacy is, your next legacy is your family. I'll never forget a quote that Vincent gave me, and it's in his book as well, that Billy Graham talked to stadiums of 60,000 people. And he would have had a greater impact on this world if he spent that time with his kids. And I'm convinced the same applies to our family. I believe in that more than ever that as veteran dads, we are equipped to handle a lot of things in life. We've handled diversity. We've seen a lot of things. We talk about PTSD a lot, but I like the idea of switching it to our post-traumatic growth disorder. Like we just experienced a lot of life in a short amount of time and we just need to learn how to deal with that growth. It's not something that's like a baggage that you can somehow deal with. It's something you just have to recognize as a whole amount of growth and you recognize of how to reconcile that and just make peace with it. But shifting our legacy is something that I've really focused on just talking about more because I believe more and more what we lose as veterans is we don't realize we can have a legacy and our kids are that legacy and everything we do with the, our kids can help shape them as better human beings. And so much, just hearing, I've heard so many stories during this podcast of people that they've known, um, I just, was just having a conversation with a guy on an, on an airplane going to New Orleans. Had talked to strangers, so I was down there. It turns out he was a Marine officer, so I, I, we had an amazing conversation. And he had a, a soldier or a, a Marine that was right to go ready to college. And he was a, 10 days away from getting up a full, full ride to Ohio State. And he had a, a, like a one-year-old boy at home, and the, he was having suicidal thoughts. And... The police came, they talked him down, everything seemed fine. Wife went to work, police left. Hour later, he blew his brains out. Like, like hearing those stories oh. just get me going more that this, I, I just, I am, it sickens me yeah. to hear those stories and just that it happens and that those, I just think of the kids that broken homes are so much of what at the core is wrong with our country where we just don't have the solid foundation to raise kids on both sides, mom and dad, that you need both of us. You need to have to be in their life to help them walk through whatever they're dealing with and just preparing them to be good adults that it's, I, I get more excited every time I have a conversation, every time I'm on a podcast, I, I breathe more life into myself at the same time that any of those stories any of those emotions, those are all ones that help make the podcast that much more real for me. Oh, and you're, you're so passionate about this. I remember the last time I heard you talking about it on another podcast, I think it was Larry's and I texted you afterwards. like, man, I love your passion around this. I got to get you on my podcast so we can talk about this. So there are a few things I wanted to ask about, but the, the big thing that sticks out is you mentioned this importance of feeling and connecting with emotions. And, you know, when I met you, I don't think I had ever met, I, I didn't know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't in the military. I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, nobody, you know where this is going. Nobody in my family had been in the military. I didn't know many people from the military at all. I don't think I'd met any veteran, uh, any uh, Marines before. 
And so my image of a U.S. Marine is this really tough, intimidating guy that I cannot relate to at all. And I got to know you, and you are so uh, sensitive, emotional, um, very deep thinker and feeler, very easy to connect with, and quick to open up and be vulnerable, and therefore you can uh, connect easily with people. And the um, same thing uh, to with Nick Belfiore, who was the other Marine I probably vet, met at the same time. Uh, he's been on your show. Uh, great guy, good friend of ours. And it changed my perspective on this. Now, I don't know if other Marine veterans are like this, but I would imagine there are a lot of people, uh, whether they're veterans or not, uh, men especially, who have a hard time getting in touch with their emotions, and probably military veterans even more so because of what they've gone through in boot camp, in battle, what you alluded to there. And I'm wondering, is there, uh, you know, I like to talk about fear on this podcast, and I know there must be some kind of fear there because you know it would be helpful to share those emotions with people and to show emotions, but is there a fear that's even going back to the military in, I can't show my emotions, I can't be vulnerable because that puts me at risk or people might judge me or, or whatever it may be? In generally, in the in in I would say in almost all branches of the the military, especially anything more tied to like infantry. And as a marine, we're all trained as riflemen. We're all trained as infantrymen, so we have a little bit more infantrymen in all of us. But there is so much of it where you create a persona of wearing the uniform. Your identity is wrapped up in the uniform, and that uniform is the picture board marine or the symbolic. Um, silent drill platoon that the is at the, at the Quantico for the president. Those that's the, that's the picture board Marine. That's who people idolize. So you're wearing that uniform. So you start to embody the person like for most of my twenties, everybody said, why don't you smile anymore? I don't even know if I really smiled a lot before, but they always say, why don't you smile? And I'm less like, cause the Marine Corps programming not to like, cause you don't smile in formation. You don't smile when you're standing in attention and you just don't do that. And so those things. I would never survive in the Marines, by the way. I'm always smiling. <laughs> oh, yeah. In boot camp, you'd get lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> that would like, uh, if you think of, if you saw a full metal jacket, it's just yeah. like, like, what's so funny, Private Joker, like type stuff. Yeah. Uh, but that identity becomes who you are. And this is where most veterans transitioning out really suffer the most is that we go from Superman to Clark Kent. And we no longer know who Clark Kent is. Clark Kent is the average Joe. And we had our entire identity wrapped up in the uniform. And the other part that you often talk about is ego. So when you have part of wearing the uniform and just going into battle and doing things that no one can really fathom what you're doing is you create an ego around yourself as a protection mechanism that you almost internalize that you are someone maybe that you're not, because if you're not that person, you get killed. So you really have to sometimes almost invent your own self or just step into that poster board. And sometimes you a little bit lose yourself. I lost myself a lot when I got out. But that ego is something I talk about a lot in the podcast. And just recently, I've really started to dive into this ego. And I've read The Ego is Your Enemy and thinking through that. But what I didn't really connect with that book was like, for me, I still have egos in different areas. But like, I realized that ego is a little bit like a flashlight that your ego where it's strongest is actually where you're protecting yourself the most. So, and that's usually like for an area of personal growth that I focus on. Like if I feel I have a strong ego in a particular area, 
that's because I'm protecting myself from feeling something or exposing something from being vulnerable. Like I don't want them to see the real side of myself. And that prevents us from stepping into those emotions because if you step out of the military, you're generally covered in 360, almost of ego, emotion, or not emotion, but just integrity or just being who you are and being the Marine. That's who you step out of the uniform with. But you really have to start chipping away at all of those areas, all the places where your ego shows up, all the places where someone's going to look at you and judge you as opposed to board Marine. Then they're not judging you as that anymore. You're just average Joe now. And that ego for me is something that I've really just started to frame that it's where you're not talking about actually is where it's showing up in your life. So I don't think it's the enemy. I think it's almost like a compass of where you're protecting yourself from things that you don't want to talk about at dinner parties. Yeah. Such important stuff. And uh, I know you're going to change. You're going to inspire a lot of people with what you're doing um, with the podcast. Uh, where do you see all this going? I love your vision when you talk about your vision for the future and where you want to go because it's so different from what I hear other people talking about. Um, so what has the podcast done for you so far and where do you see things going in the future? So one other part that I didn't talk about that I really needed to run towards this idea versus others was a desired end state. That was a gift from Larry Yach and Ann Yach that knowing my desired end state. Larry Yach, Navy, Navy SEAL veteran officer, right? Yep. Uh, and by stepping into the desired end state that at the core, I wanted to be a dad. That's what we figured out. And by wanting to be a dad, there was only a few ideas in the table that allowed me to be a dad and to be a heart-centered dad, to do the things that I wanted to connect with my kids. And this podcast was it. And so from the very beginning, I've gone, I made this conscious decision to go slower than maybe what I could have. I probably could have launched in a month but I wasn't going to create anything that was going to jeopardize the connection with my kids, connection with my wife or anything about my family. I wasn't willing to put my business over my family. I wasn't willing to stay up late at night to burn through a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't want to do. Cause then I couldn't get up in the morning to go to the gym. Like I valued going to the gym. So there was very construct ways around my business. And even as my podcast grows, there's a, a desired end state that says, my future, I want to be a stay-at-home dad. We have three kids now. I want four kids. I want to be more impactful in our fourth child's life. I want to be there. I don't want to drive to work. I want to be there when they get on the bus. I want to be there when they get off the bus. I want to be able to go have lunch with them more often like I just did today. I don't have to want to worry about taking a vacation day for that. And I'm more focused that these next five years, when I'm 55, 60, I will never look back and say, I wish I would have spent my time in corporate looking at an email of those five years. That I want to be the most impactful person in my kid's life at this time. That every, this is the time everybody says they want back. And I'm convinced, and you've all heard this, that every time an older adult says, make sure you pay attention to your kids that grow up fast, that's just code for I wasn't around. They just didn't want to admit it. And where I was worried about things that didn't matter. And for me, I'm consciously choosing to be present as much as possible. I'm choosing to be dad now because these are the most impactful years of their life. Like 75% of a personality of our kids is determined by the age seven. Like these years are who they're going to be in the future, equipping them and just being there, making memories. This is what I want more than anything. So as I create my podcast, I'm designing it in a way to be more evergreen, to be more limiting of my time, where I want to be able to create something while they're sleeping. Um, 
one of the extra other uh, tricks that I've used to get where I am today is last summer, I figured out that Starbucks opens at 5 a.m. on the weekends. And I wouldn't be here today if I didn't figure that trick out because I would just be, I would sit at Starbucks on Saturday and Sunday from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. just pumping out whatever. Maybe I just squirrel random stuff or just read a lot of stuff or just go on Facebook and just comment and add value to the world. But doing that while everybody else is sleeping was so instrumental. Like I could come home at 8 a.m. and be dad for the rest of the day and not have to worry about my business because I knew I already invested in it. Like that was a game changer. I often joke with people. I'm like, you have an idea, but is it worth waking up at 8 or 5 a.m. on the weekends to work on? If it's not that good, it's probably not as good of an idea as you think it is. Mm. Because that, I always knew when, because I would really, I mean, who wants to get up at 5 a.m. on the weekends? They want to sleep in, especially if you got kids. <laughs> uh, the list is short. We, me and you are not part yeah, of minority. I the do, but we're aware. <clears throat> uh, that helped just reinforce that this was it because every weekend I get up at 5 a.m. and I'm pumping through the recordings on my podcast, getting it ready, getting it fed up into the queue to come out and, those are all things that helped get me here today. But I didn't always have, a, like I said in the beginning, I didn't have always have this picture. So I was really just building the foundation of what I felt like my life could work around and what I was willing to sacrifice and what I wasn't willing to. And yeah, you had, you had to get to that point. You mentioned sacrifice. I think of the word priorities. And I talk about this a lot, that everything in life is a priority. Everything you do is a priority. And so- You just did a podcast on this, if I remember. Yeah, I may, I may have. I don't know. I never worked. what I'm talking about. Last week, I think you talked about priorities and anybody that says they don't have time, it's just a matter of what they prioritize. It's absolutely true. We all have the same amount of time. There's somebody listening going, oh, I've had a podcast idea. I just haven't had time uh, you know, to really work on it or whatever it is. And Ben is telling you right now that he got excited about his. And so he got up and went to Starbucks every Saturday and Sunday at 5 a.m. And I know he was there because he texted me a picture every Saturday and Sunday morning of him with his coffee working at Starbucks as accountability. And it's proof positive that like you made that a priority. And we all get a choice to do that. And I think a lot of people don't take stock of where they're spending their time to say, well, I want to sleep in on Saturday or Sunday you know, which is fine. That's your choice. That's and I do priority. take time to sleep in sometimes. Sometimes I do too. Right. I sleep in on Sunday. Like, you know what? Sometimes I, I sleep as late. Life. Sometimes I sleep as late as 7am. It's crazy. I know it's crazy. When I, when you say the week, wake up the, uh, this week you had a, a late wake up and I was like, wow, this is really late for Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was six 30. Um, <laughs> and, and one last week in New York, but, but really like I get up early every morning because I really value that quiet time and i know you do as well uh to read and to journal and to get things done and i think when people ask me how do you do all these things how do you read these books how do you get all this work done um how are you so productive it all goes back to that early morning routine of having the quiet time that allows me to get work done and be present when my kids get up because i did that this morning I had that time to read and do a little bit of work. And then my daughter got up and we played a board game before she went to school. We had time. We weren't in a rush. And I was able to be present with her. Now, I don't think I'm as present with my kids as you are. I look to you as a role model in this area. And um, I appreciate that you're so passionate about that. And it makes me think, okay, am I spending enough time with them? Am I present enough with them? Because I'm building all these things. And you're absolutely right. Like this time... We'll never get back. It is one of the most important times having kids, uh, young kids like we have. Um, you, uh, I forgot what I want to ask you about. Uh, so you were talking about where you're going uh, with this vision and, and how you're spending your time. Um, 
you talked about being a good father and there's one thing you say a lot that you didn't mention that I always love hearing you say, which is how kids spell love. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Yeah. Tell we we talk that. about it in every podcast. I, there's a, a question that I run through of what are the simplest ways that you spend time with your kids? And for me, uh, this is something in the winter in Wisconsin, you got to get a little bit creative. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of impressed by this creativity because it's the last place that I think people look for creativity. But I, it was January, Friday night, and I asked my son, where do you want to go on a Saturday? The number one thing that he, and my son's four, so his my mind isn't that crazy yet of ideas. And he would always say mall walking. So I think it was like two years ago that I invented mall walking. Mall walking. Is he mall 65? Walking. Is he 70? <laughs> I know, but going before the mall opens where yeah. the, the inner stores are, cl- or the stores are closed, but the hallways are open for yeah. the older people to walk. They get a kick out of it because they see kids running around. And we literally go, we, we, I park on one side of the mall and then we walk to the other. And on the other side, there's uh, an Andy's pretzel and an orange Julius. And we get an Aunt Annie's pretzel and an orange Julius. We split it up. I get a large and divide it in three cups. And there's some rides that we also play. They save up their quarters from chores around the house that week. And they go through the rides. And literally, that is the number one thing they always at. We drive by it on the way to daycare. And my daughter always, can we go mall walking? Can we go mall? I'm like, it's nice outside. We don't have to go mall walking. Maybe right. on a rain day. And it's the simplest things. They just want our time. Even for me spending 15 minutes with my daughter with lunch today, like it's the impactful of you just entering their world that they're going to remember. It's not the things that you buy. I actually start thinking about when I think of birthdays and Christmas, like it's nice to get a gift, but I've been analyzing memories like that. Like how has that memory served me? Has it served me well to be more materialistic as an adult? No, because then it just keeps up with the Joneses and you have a bunch of stuff you don't use and it ends up in your basement. But the experience, that small little time with your kids is so impactful. And even those little tidbits I drop on every podcast is either through me or the, the person giving them, that's really what it comes down to. When your kids are young, it's not complicated. It's not the large water park. It's not the Disney vacations they're going to want. They just want your time. We went on a walk around the park or the subdivision the other night, and I was calling it like we're on an adventure. And we were literally just walking. No bikes, just walking. They had a blast and they came back and they were talking like, Hey daddy, when can we go on another adventure? Like it was just walking, but Mm. like me just talking it up and calling it an adventure, they get excited and they want to do it more now, but it's, I didn't cost me money. It just costed me some time. And it was a beautiful night. No wind. It was just like that perfect 65 degree weather. Probably what you have in the, in the winter all year round, but right. Yeah. That memory I'm going to remember for a while because it was just one of those perfect nights and the kids are going to remember because they always continue to ask for those nights. I love it. Um, I, I like doing things like that. And uh, you're always encouraging me, you know, inspiring me to do more of that. I think I might do that tonight. Uh, but as we wrap things up, you think about people listening who are, you know, ambitious, have ideas, um, want to do different things, maybe want to change the world, maybe don't know exactly what their next step is. Uh, what do you want people to take away from this interview? What do you want people to do? Well, if you're a military veteran dad, I just want you to know that you're not alone that if you're listening to this, that you're not alone, your feelings are not the unique feelings. If you go, if you read the Stoics, they had the same problem 3000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you can really even tell whether it's a Stoic quote from 3000 years or one from yesterday on Instagram, that they suffer from the same problems as we yeah. did. That you're not alone. It's not unique. If you're just generally 
in the ambitious space of trying to do more with your life. We've talked about a lot of different things. Andy's at one stage of his life. I'm following Andy in some areas. He's following me in others. There's a lot to try to feel overwhelming in some cases of like, oh man, I got to do a whole bunch of stuff or like, oh man, I got to change a whole bunch of things in my life. Just put the brakes on that because all you're going to do is feel like you're overwhelmed and you're going to should yourself a lot and shooting yourself ain't going to do anybody any favors. I was a shootaholic myself and I would just should all over people by telling them that they should do this and should do that. And the best advice, it's just, I think one thing that we get hung up when we hear podcasts like this is you try to run to where that person is when that's the exact opposite of what you should do. You should really just take one or two things that resonated the most that feel the easiest for you to do right now from where you're at and meet yourself where you're at right now. Like for me, I didn't have a business idea that I believed in, but I could wake up at 5 a.m. and go to Starbucks. I met myself right where I was now and started to change my life where I am standing now, not in the future, not worrying about what I didn't do in the past, because you can get so hung up on that. Try to figure out the easiest ways to meet yourself where you are now and just do the smallest things of what Vincent always says, 1% better every day. You're not going to change your life 100% over a day, but 1% every day will change in 100 days. That's how you're going to move your life forward. Not trying to do everything. Just pick out what you can and do a little piece of it. And slowly by slowly, you'll start to move your life in that direction that you want it to go. And that's, for me, the, the biggest takeaway that I've realized over four years of listening to podcasts is just take away what you can, meet yourself where you are right now, and keep moving forward that standing still allows the fog to creep in and when the fog creeps in you feel like you're alone you don't know which way you're going but simply taking action any action will allow you to find some way to go a random story that i'll end with is i decided to dive into the joe rogan podcast four weeks ago never listened to a single episode i think i heard of it didn't really figure it out decided to jump in randomly go through the list find a navy seal called andy stump listening to it for three hours. It was a marathon of just random conversation. At the very end, he start, talks about being a dad. And I'm like, oh, he hit me right there. And I add him to my podcast list. I get Starve the Fear and email him to be on the podcast. And I recorded it like three weeks ago. He comes out tomorrow. And that happened because I randomly listened to the Joe Rogan podcast and now this man, Andy Stump, who is also connected to Joe Rogan, now knows I exist. So you can get so hung up on trying to figure out what the right thing to do with your life is. In reality, just keep moving. Because you moving through the random places of the universe is what's going to matter. I've been framing this colloquialism, and I'll end with a perfect colloquialism, that Steve Jobs always said, make a dent in the universe. Like That was his ambition in life. And I've really framed a, a, a kind of a spun off of that is that if you imagine the universe as a wall. Our objective is that when someone's walking by the universe of the wall, is they're going to point to a dent and be like, that was Ben Colloy. Like that is like where I'm, my, where my mind is like, I want someone to walk by that universe and wall and be like, that dent was from Ben Colloy or the Colloy family, because I made such an impact on my kids. They start making their own dents that that's really where, my mind goes and that's how big sometimes I try to think, but then also I always try to bring back because right now is really where life happens. Love it. And so many great messages there. I choked with our friends earlier that I was just going to wind you up and let the colloisms flow. And uh, you hit it right there. I mean, I learned that, that term uh, 
uh, don't should should all over people from you a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, and I always think of it in terms of not shooting other people. Don't tell other people what they should do. Give them things to consider. But it's important to think about that for ourselves too. You know, I should do this. I should do that. I'm getting down on myself because of the position I'm in. But everything I've done up to this point, it was part of my journey. And what steps can I take to get to the next place? Because like the Chinese proverb says, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with just one step. What's that first step that you need to take? Is it planning uh, extra time with your kids tonight? Is it going to Starbucks on Saturday morning at 5 a.m.? Is it buying a book or a journal and starting with that? Is it listening to that random podcast and maybe taking a chance and reaching out to them? Um, is it, you know, just writing down some notes and some ideas or, you know, hitting the gym for the first time in six months, just getting started is what you're talking about. And that's the most important thing. Find your reason, your purpose, find your momentum, but, uh, but just get started. Ben, this has been, uh, as great as I expected it to be. Um, let everyone know for anyone listening that wants to get in touch with you, uh, where's the best place for them to go to connect and to find out more. I am starving the fear and trying to dive into Instagram more. So I'll, nice. I'll lead off with that. It's, it's, it's a very frustrating platform, I'm going to be honest. And I'm really trying. I feel to it's frustrating too. It. I'm sure that you probably think that I'm doing it well. And I look at others and I'm like, man, I need to get so much better. Oh, it's, it's just, I don't know. It feels like a lot of work. And I don't, think, I don't like things that are a lot of work. But they say <laughs> you got to do it. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. That my Instagram handle is Ben underscore Kaloy. The podcast handle is at Military Veteran Dad. And on Twitter, I'm at Ben Colloy, which I've been on Twitter for a while, so I feel comfortable with Twitter, but Instagram is just too far out there. I'm on Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook without friending me even. And my website is militaryveterandad.com, where all of you can find my blog, the podcast episodes, and even at the top, there's a quick introduction about the podcast and overall my story, a little bit more of my story, and just where I came from and where we're trying to go with the podcast. And... I'll leave you with one final colloquialism because you were inspired when we were talking about the gym. I started gym habit last March of going to the gym and starving my fear because I had a huge fear of going to the gym. And on day two, I realized one question I should have been asking myself a long time ago. What's one thing that you can do every day that will change every tomorrow? Mm. And for me, that was going to the gym. And it's a simple question with simple answers. And there are simple things that generally you can do with that question that it will move your life forward. Love it. You're investing in your future self. I know you talk a lot about that as well. Uh, ben, this has been awesome. Thanks for coming on. The podcast is called the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. You can follow Ben on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. He's in all those places like I am. We'll put note, uh, links to all those things in the show notes. Ben, thanks again for coming on the podcast. It's been fantastic. Hope you have an awesome day. Thank you very much as well. Thank you for the opportunity.